passengers, may I have your attention, please? Take your seats and secure your seatbelt. The ride you're about to take will be unlike anything you've ever experienced before. They are the mics on mics, and this is Drive-By. Welcome, I am Mike J, he is Mike S, we are the Mikes on Mikes, and this is the best wrestling podcast you haven't heard of until right now, once again, the craziness has ensued, I had some things happen that came up, and Mike and I cannot get this recording done together with that and my work schedule and holidays and all that fun shit. I'm going to start this week off for us just because I made Mike start off the last time we did this. Uh, Mike is going to come to you. He's going to talk about AEW uh, full gear. He's going to fill you in on the big happenings from that show and kind of just generally talk about what's going on in AEW, the positive things that are happening in AEW. And I sometimes get called an AEW hater, and it's not that. I've tried to embrace them. Uh, the booking of uh, Adam Cole, for me right now, just isn't there. And Mike will defend it, and that's fine. Uh, he has his stance, and that's fine. He will bring it up. And he could be right. And he probably is right. Because I'm going to be flat out honest with you. The only thing I saw from Full Gear was the main event. The AEW title match. The Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega. And full transparency. It was awesome. The two year build. I guess. The two year storytelling. Which as Mike will bring up. We sometimes accuse AEW of not doing stories just doing matches this was a well done story uh whether it was happenstance whether whether it was circumstance whether the things that made it stretch out this long were planned and i know some of them obviously were not they didn't stray and i hey they have to get credit for that they didn't stray they clearly had a goal they clearly had a plan in mind some roadblocks came up covid uh, hangman being a father and maybe gotten that path, but for all the things I can't stand about Tony Khan, this man did not let that stop him from the end goal. He just pushed it back and maybe, maybe that made it all the much sweeter and credit, man. That, that was awesome. The win was awesome. The match was awesome. Uh, the moment was awesome. And hey, man, hashtag cowboy shit, right? Right. But that's Mike's side. I'm going to talk a little bit about NXT 2.0, but I'm not going to quite go into the review mode like usual. Uh, I, I want to talk about something Mike also brings up. So I, I don't want to bore you on his end when you get to his stuff. That wouldn't be fair. But again, as he brings up, we will, we we have a group wrestling chat. The one and only high five a motherfucker himself, AJ, who you've heard on this very show, is a big part of that chat, and he's not feeling NXT 2.0. When he 
was talking about it, I had only watched half the episode, probably about the first 35, 40 minutes, because, again, work, didn't have time to stay up, had a busy night, didn't get to watch all of it, and then watched the rest of it the next day. He had already watched it, so he's kind of criticizing, basically saying the show's garbage. He said there was nothing in the show to interest him, nothing at all, and I'm like, man, like, I know NXT 2.0 is different. I know that. I know that it's not the black and gold brand that we all fell in love with. For me, like for Mike S, it goes back to the Hulu days. And that's, you know, beyond most of us. Uh, For me, it went, I didn't watch NXT religiously when it was on just the network. I'll admit that. I would catch it from time to time, but I religiously watched the NXT takeovers. Once the takeovers became a thing, that's where I fell in love with NXT. I think that's also, you can correct me in three months when you listen to this, AJ. Uh, I think that's also when AJ kind of fell in love with it. I don't know if he goes back to the Hulu days or if he watched it regularly on the network as it was weekly on Wednesdays. But I fell in love with the takeovers, and when it came to USA, it was now appointment watching for me. I didn't have the excuse of flipping on the network and going through all that jazz. It was live. I'm watching it. It's live WWE wrestling. I'm watching it. And we knew AEW was on horizon, but I already loved the takeovers. I love the tape shows that I watched when I could. Now I just had to make it a thing in my schedule when I watched it. And we all fell in love with that brand. And it was like, it was like WWE's dirty little cousin, right? Like, they could put on long matches with high work rates, wrestling buzzwords, right? They could do all the things you wanted the guys and girls on the main roster to do more of. They were less restricted, maybe, when it came to in-ring, when it came to time restraints with matches, okay? And on, on, on that side of things, less produced the image was a little grimier, the the dark colors, uh, the black matte, you know, the black being one of their main colors. It just looked a little more raw, no pun intended. And now, like, AJ thinks it actually looks like raw. It's got the bright colors, the arena's bright, the mat's bright. Uh, he thinks that the production is the same as raw. See, this is where I disagree. This is still NXT, Maybe it was paintbrushed with a little bit of Raw, a little bit of main roster, a little bit of SmackDown, but it's still NXT. You still have guys and girls fighting for their careers, and we're going to get to that here in a little bit too. But we got guys and girls trying to impress, guys and girls trying to do things to make it to that next level, which is N- which is a uh, main roster. NXT black and gold specifically the last year the last six months of the wednesday night war that no longer exists kind of lost that and we all went with it we all lost the idea that this was a developmental brand they told us that it wasn't anymore so it's on them it's on us it's on everybody the problem was They were no longer creating stars that fit the Vince McMahon main roster mold. They were creating indie stars. And I don't mean that in any derogatory way, but they were creating stars that catered to their audience, which was 
like a how do I want to say this? They were doing what AEW was doing, but in the WWE way. Okay, I, I think that's the way I want to say it. They were giving WWE fans a taste of what AEW was going to eventually do, what AEW started doing. Uh, but with a little bit of WWE spin. And now they've kind of taken that out. Because those guys didn't work on the main roster. And we've already had this discussion. There's been some clear drop balls with the the latest They're Not Working, Keith Lee, Karrion Cross. We're not going to go down that road again. Uh, but, like, for a while, and everyone kind of said, NXT doesn't develop any stars. Like, 80 like eighty to 85% of the main roster is had all come through NXT in one way, shape, or form. So that's incredible, crazy, an incredible, crazy thing to say. But recently, it's like they lost their way, and we as fans lost our way, and I'm not blaming the fans, I'm just saying. And NXT became something that didn't work for what it was in, originally intended for. And I think that's why the change was made. Do I love the change? I don't love it. I, I love the golden black. I love the way it was. Is the show garbage unwatchable? Absolutely not. There's still this grit to the athletes. And some of them are a little more over the top now. Which is funny because there's not even that many over-the-top characters on the main roster, in my opinion. So maybe, I I don't know, with some of these guys. But some of them, I mean, Braun Breaker's a star. Like, here, here's my thing. AJ. And, and anyone that has an opinion like AJ that, like, I love this and now it's garbage. You don't. It's not garbage. You just don't like what's being presented to you because you want it to be what it used to be. And it's just not that anymore. And Mike is going to essentially, I believe, say the same thing. Uh, but I say this because I'm watching this program. I saw the comments that AJ was saying to our group chat about what he didn't like about this episode, asking me if I can change his mind. And I'm not going to change your mind, man, because here's the thing. You don't like it. And that's fine. That's fine. Uh, you don't like what's being presented to you anymore. Be it because you want it to just be the black and gold, and I get it. I totally get it. It's not that anymore. But it's not that drastically different. There are definitely differences. It's just not that drastically different. It's not as different as you are making it in your mind. And that's not just a that's directed to anyone that loved the black and gold brand and now hates NXT 2.0. If this creates stars that can go to the main roster and succeed and Vince likes them and the powers that be like them and they do something, then why the hell wouldn't we want this, right? If you're going to watch main roster WWE, which is up in the air with a lot of people right now, at least in my group of friends. Uh, but that being said, that's what you would want. You would not want them to come up to the roster, flounder, fail, and get released or whatever the case may be. So it does make sense that they're doing it this way. I understand where some people are coming from. I just don't see it that way. Like, the thing I looked at is, I watched this episode. He didn't like the Braun Breaker, Tomasa Champa promo. And basically said that Breaker was acting like he didn't lose. And I didn't see that at all. I didn't... I, I mean, they showed that he lost. He's acting like someone who doesn't care that he lost and still wants a shot because he thinks he's uh, a big deal. And... 
to be fair, if he wants to be a big deal, he should act like a big deal. So I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, the other thing, one of the things that stuck out is that he said there just wasn't anything that interested him on this show. And again, like we had the return of Santos Escobar, but asking where he was, he showed up, gets involved in the storyline with Zion Quinn, what the rest of the group is doing. Uh, I like that. I love the faction of Toxic Attraction. I think they're doing good stuff. It's cool to see Mandy Rose in this light and the other girls are kind of, I don't want to say riding on her coattail, but they're getting the Mandy Rose main roster rub and I, I like it and they need it and it helps and a faction is strong. And here's the other thing. I don't know how you could watch that episode and say there was nothing to interest you if you actually watched Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez and the match that they had. Because the match was fantastic. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I It reminded me of the black and gold NXT, and that's what I mean. There's still elements there. We might not get, you know, three or four matches in a two-hour episode of NXT that go like anywhere from 8 to 15, 20 minutes, depending on the night. We might not get that. But if we get one really good match and one even like really short good match or a storyline, and then the other stuff is in between that maybe you do like, maybe you don't like, maybe it's funny, maybe it's haha, like the poker thing, okay? Not really my thing. But the way that it was described to me sounded like it took like 30 minutes of the show and was worthless. And it only took about 10, maybe 12. And we're furthering a storyline. So while the poker aspect of it for me and the cheesiness of it for me wasn't, I didn't love it. I also didn't hate it. And I like where it ended up. So it, that's kind of what I mean by all of this. Now, apparently Mike and I are harbingers of bad news because this is twice now we've had to do the show split this way. And both times, Mike records his part. I plan on doing mine on Friday and boom, Thursday night there's WWE releases. Now, I'm not going to get deep into this. I've already talked longer than I expected to. What I will say, what I will say is this. These ones don't, I don't want to say they don't surprise me. They do. Uh, hit Row specifically. And that's the one that kind of baffles me more than anything. These guys were on in NXT, I thought they should not have come up yet, like Swerve could have, but if you're bringing a group, they need like six to eight more months in NXT to develop what they were doing. A couple of them, mostly AJ, uh, Top Dollar, and B-Fab before she was released, uh, to develop in a ring. They were all good with character and, and on the mic, and I think Swerve and Adonis were good in the ring, borderline great in the ring. I, I really like what Swerve did. But they brought him up and then, like, two weeks later, they released B-Fab. And then two weeks later, they released the rest of them. I, I don't know. I it doesn't make sense to me at all. Uh, Tegan Knox, another one who was brought up with Shotzi. Brought up as a team that was never a team, but were a team. Then earned a tag team title shot and then never got it. And then they disappeared. And then they did something with Shotzi and Tegan got released. And this is what's frustrating. This is where WWE is all over the place. Because... Some things they do really good, 
like Shotzi and her heel turn and what they're doing with her on the main roster now as a solo act, their heel turn they did with her was fucking great. If you didn't see it, go back and watch it. But essentially, she came out to challenge Charlotte Flair because Charlotte was kind of doing her thing, prancing about being the champ. And Sasha came down as a baby face to support Shotzi and kind of got involved, which led to Shotzi getting taken the L. And Shotzi just flat out beat the shit out of Sasha after. It was a really good, really well done heel turn. You know, Bobby Lash is an example of someone who, I mean, he's in his 40s. He looks incredible. This is the best I've ever seen Bobby Lashley booked. Uh, with his last recent run, even to what they're doing with him now. And then this is the crazy thing. I, I, my plan was with Mike to start a new quick segment called What in the World's Going On with Kevin Owens? Because we all know his contract's supposed to be up in, I think, December. Uh, but he's doing things, and what they're doing with him has been really good, really enjoyable. He's into it. it the crowd's into it. It's interesting, good creative, which I think sometimes WWE struggles with on the main roster. I mean, it's not sometimes, they definitely do. But the Kevin Owens stuff is good. The Shotzi stuff is good. The Roman Reigns stuff is good. Uh, RK-Bro is enjoyable for me. I know some people fucking hate it, and I get that. I like it, okay? Uh, Big E is champion. It's good. The stuff they're doing with King uh, King Woods and Kofi and then mixing Big E, even if it's just for Survivor Series, whatever, it's all good shit. And then the rest of it's uh, not so much. I also enjoy what they're doing with Sami Zayn. But like, and I know AJ would also speak to this. Like, I like Baron Corbin and I like Happy Corbin, but the addition of Riddick Moss and what they're doing with him specifically ruins the whole thing for me. I think that as a duo or a team could work, but not what they're doing with it right now. And there's just so many hit and misses on the main roster. And then when you have things gift wrapped for you, like Karrion Cross, like Hit Row, like Keith Lee, and you bring them up, you squander, you do nothing, and then it's bye-bye. I don't understand it. Now, here's the thing. When it comes to the releases overall, it's a business. It sucks. I hate it. I brought this up to Mike privately. Uh, the IWC cried and cried and cried about WWE hoarding talent. And now they're releasing talent and they're crying about that. You can't have it both ways. You cannot have it both ways. Okay? You just can't. It doesn't work that way. You can't have it both ways. It's one or the other. My opinion as a fan is it's really hard to invest. I said this last time. It's really hard to invest in people when they're constantly cutting rosters. And you like someone and then they're gone. You like someone and then they're gone. So for me, that's my biggest issue with it. And I'm to the point where if the if if the reason for this is to sell the company, then let's just sell it already. Okay? Let's just get it done and get it out of the way. Cause I don't want to deal with this shit anymore. Cause I feel like if they are if that's the goal and they're selling, Nick Khan will probably not be part of that deal. He'll be out of the company and 
then we might get some roster stability because we're going to try to build something new. Build a new form of something old, I think, is the way I want to say it. I don't know. I just want the roster stability. That's all. That's where I am at as a fan. Uh, but I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, and I just want to get that back as a fan. But if I'm flat out honest, I, well, you know, sometimes recently I felt like I just don't even want to watch wrestling right now. Um, and then sometimes I check things out and it's good. And sometimes it's not. I still enjoy NXT. It's my thing. I like SmackDown. Raw, again, yeah. I like Kevin Owens. I like Big E. But I'm just picking and choosing. And I'm staying happy that way. But we'll see. Only time will tell. Survivor Series is this weekend. I'm one of the guys that Mike talked to that said, I don't, I don't really give a shit. Which, you know, I'm a WWE guy. But Survivor Series for me is... My least favorite of the big four, and probably, honestly, my least favorite of any pay-per-view. There's just no stakes, and if they added stakes to it, it would probably be important or feel better, feel interesting. I mean, there are some matches I'm in. All the, all the champion versus champion matches should be good, should be interesting, but again, there's no stakes. So, am I going to watch it? Probably. Am I excited about it? I mean, I'm excited there might be some good matches, but nothing's going to matter unless something big happens to set something up down the road. So we'll see. I'm going to drop out. I'm going to let Mike take it from here after this quick break. If you want to rage quit AEW every time you hear Excalibur calling Enziguria Laglariot, then this is the show for you. Welcome to Drive-By. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another very special episode of the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Mike S. We are unable to come together and record uh, this week. Um, first of all, apologies for not being the normal format that you're used to as a listener. But also, not really apologies, because we have families, and, you know, this podcast is Kind of secondary to that. So this week, since we're splitting things up, I'm going to go ahead and cover my side, AEW. Talk about other things that are on my mind as far as wrestling goes. And wrestling fans go. So first, let's get into full gear. Outstanding pay-per-view. Great show. I loved almost all of it. Um, standouts, obviously, I think we all have the same standouts. Uh, MJF Darby was outstanding. They both came out looking good out of that. I know uh, prior weeks, building up to this pay-per-view on drive-by, there'd been a lot of like talk for us. Like, you know, man, both these guys kind of need a win. Who are you going to give it to? Um, what are you going to do with that? Uh, what they did was they gave MJF the win, but they did it in a way that made Darby look even better as a baby face. He didn't look weak. He had that match won. He lost because of heel shit. Great match. Um, another standout for me, CM Punk and Eddie Kingston. These dudes beat the hell out of each other. 
beat the hell out of each other. What a great fucking match. This is what we've been waiting for, for CM Punk to come back, right? That old Punk fire. I loved it. Um, Loved the end of it. Eddie Kingston refusing to shake the hand. Like, nah, fuck you. You stupid white bitch. I loved it. Um, And then, obviously, let's talk about Hangman Page and the culmination of the Hangman Page story. I know a lot of times in wrestling, we talk about, especially AEW, lack of long-term storytelling. Because AEW doesn't tell stories, but they don't normally long-term them. A story in AEW lasts, at best, two or three months. Um, What they did with Hangman Page is, from the very first day of AEW, and I'm not talking the first AEW show, I'm talking the first AEW press conference. They've been telling a story about Adam Page, the man that wanted the title and worked for that title, just couldn't seem to get past his own hangups. This is a story that we've all gone through in our lives, right? We've all wanted something, been told that we weren't good enough to have it, that we weren't good enough to deserve it, that we were our own problems, and and we were the ones standing in our way. Everybody can identify with what Adam Page's story for that title was. I highly recommend checking out YouTube. There's a series called The Good, The Bad, and The Elite. And they break down in five 20-minute episodes the entire Adam Page buildup from day one. They break all the shows down into clips. It's 20-minute it's episodes of edited clips from AEW shows where they tell the whole fucking story of Adam Page. I've watched all five episodes this week after I watched the pay-per-view. I highly recommend watching this because this tells you the entire Adam Page story. This might be the greatest story that's been told in wrestling in the last, well, since Daniel Bryan. Since Daniel Bryan was the 9-11 of WrestleMania, he changed everything. Since the Yes Movement, this is probably the best story that's been told in wrestling. And even more so than the Yes Movement, this is an emotional story about a man who didn't think he was good enough. Story with Daniel Bryan wasn't that he didn't think he was good enough. Daniel Bryan didn't have to overcome inner turmoil. Daniel Bryan was told by his boss that he wasn't good enough. Typical wrestling story. A typical wrestling story. What we haven't had is a two-year buildup of a man that dealt with anxiety and self-doubt and overcame all of that to understand that he's good enough and he deserved and earned his spot. Man, that's, that's fucking legendary. That's that's aspirational. Not going to lie, had a bit of a tear in my eye when that man won the title. That's how emotionally invested I was into this. Which brings us into AEW Dynamite this week. Hang man shit. Hang man shit. What the fuck am I talking about? Cowboy shit. National Cowboy Shit Day. And who comes out the beginning of it while he's talking? Oh man, the guy we just talked about, the American Dragon. He's no longer Daniel Bryan, he's Brian Danielson. And we now have, so I'm going to tell you this. If you missed out on Daniel Bryan and Ring of Honor, Brian Danielson and Ring of Honor, this week on AEW Dynamite, you got a taste of it. The viciousness in ring, the mocking 
attitude on the microphone, that's the dragon right there. This was Ring of Honor, Brian Danielson at its purest. I'm very excited to see where this feud goes. I, do I see him taking the title off Adam Page? No, not yet. No, he's probably not going to do it. AEW's pretty good about keeping the belt on people for a while. Letting nice runs happen. Is, is, is Brian Danielson going to be the one to take it off of him? No, probably not. I really don't think so. I think this is BD's first loss in this company comes from Adam Page, which is a great loss to lose to the champion, most overdue in the company. It's amazing. It's amazing shit. It's going to be a great match. I'm looking forward to this feud very, very much. And the second coolest thing that happened to me, uh, to me that happened on Dynamite this week was CM Punk coming down during MJF's promo. And I thought this was pure CM Punk. This is the best way to start this feud. Punk comes down, doesn't say a word. MJF extends the hand. Punk turns around, shows him disrespect, and walks out of the ring. This was... See, this is why CM Punk is good, right? Because CM Punk can come out here and not say a word and have it be one of the best promos of the night. The man can convey things without saying things and that's a pretty impressive talent in modern professional wrestling and proof wrestling in general throughout its history <clears throat> this i think is the feud that we've all wanted from cm punk since he arrived we want to see these two go toe to toe on the microphone we want to is mjf going to be cm punk's first loss i don't know he might it's funny to me because CM Punk and MJF were two of the big names that we talked about with this influx of talent. When Punk, Brian, Adam Cole came in, we were like, man, where are they going to, it's not looking good for Cole, for Page and MJF. Not looking good for Page and MJF. These are the two guys they've been building up. Now we get this influx of talent. And now what do we have? We got them both facing these two guys. And it looks to me from the outside as if they're going to put these two guys over. So the worries that we had about, oh man, what are they going to do with, well, what's going to happen with Adam Page and MJF? I don't want to see them get lost in the shuffle. They're not getting lost in the shuffle. We're using these guys to get them over. This is the best possible use of Brian Danielson and CM Punk to get these two guys to that next stratospheric level. And yes, Adam Page is massively over and he is the AEW world champion, but man, Imagine what a fucking amazing showing with the American Dragon will do for that dude's legend. It's only going to continue to grow. We're actually probably seeing the start of these two guys just next step into like superstardom. AEW's doing all the right things right now. All the right things right now. I, you can say whatever you want about them. Oh, I don't know. They're going to do this and they're bringing in too much talent. Adam Cole's not getting used right. <clears throat> guys, we're about to see Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega when Omega gets back. Let's be real. Um, third thing I want to touch on here after Full Gear and Dynamite is Survivor Series. I didn't even know Survivor Series was this week until someone told me about it 30 minutes ago. I didn't even know. Um... 
as we all know, I don't watch WWE, so I'm not going to speak out on the build to it or what they've been doing or any of that because I don't know. All I do know is that no one that I know seems to give a shit about Survivor Series this year. Um, I think that's twofold. I think, one, you're looking at typical WWE fatigue. There's people like me that just are done with this company. Just, we don't care. Um, but secondly, it just feels like this is no longer an important pay-per-view. The formatting of it has gotten stale. The brand versus brand is, there's no stakes to that. No one gives a shit. No one cares. There's no stakes to it. What? Oh, cool. We're going to watch a champions fight and that one's going to beat that one. And he's going to talk about it for the next year. Uh, right on. Cool. Blah, 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 blah. No one really cares anymore about it. Brand supremacy. Like who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? It's the same fucking company. No one cares. This isn't AEW versus WWE brand supremacy. This is just Vince McMahon playing with his toys. This, you know what Survivor Series is? Survivor Series is Marvel Secret Wars from the 1980s. Where it's like, oh, we're just going to take a bunch of bad guys, a bunch of good guys, and I'm going to have them fight. Beyonder just took all his toys and was like, I just want to play with all my toys and have them fight. And that's all Vince McMahon does. That's all WWE does with Survivor Series anymore. It's just taking my toys and having them fight for nonsensical reasons. Brand supremacy. We all work for the same fucking brand. There's no brand supremacy. Oh, Raw beat SmackDown. SmackDown beat Raw. They both kind of fucking suck. Let's be real. And they both are WWE programming. Like, get the fuck out of here. It's it's a stale format. It's a stale format. And as a major pay-per-view, it's probably the least major. Okay, so let me take a deep drag off this vape before we roll into... What's going to be my final thoughts? I don't have as much to say today. It's been a short business week. So give me just a... Okay. So as you guys know, if you listen to this show, um, we have a, a wrestling group chat that Mike and I keep. Um. <clears throat> Okay. In our group chat, there's been some debate this week about NXT 2.0. Um, AJ, who we often mention on here, um, thinks that it is now an awful show. I have some thoughts on this. Um, is NXT 2.0 an awful show? No, it's not at all. It's not an awful show, show at all. Um, but here's the deal. If you like WWE, you're going to think that AEW is an amazing wrestling show. If you don't like what WWE is doing, AEW is just going to feel like more, or NXT is just going to feel like more of the same to you. Let me explain this. NXT 2.0 is now a hardcore wrestling fan show filtered through the prism of Vince McMahon. 
what that means is that it's still wrestling based. However, there's now some sports entertainment included in that. So, if you like Raw or SmackDown, you're going to love NXT 2.0. It's main roster, except, you know, better, shorter, more digestible. If you were an NXT fan before 2.0, but weren't a WWE fan in general, kind of myself, AJ falls into this. Then W then NXT 2.0 now just feels like more of the same. The main roster stuff that they added to it has taken away from what made a pro wrestling fan identify with this show. And I don't want to sit here and say that the show's bad now. It's not. It's still a pretty good wrestling show. Pretty decent wrestling show. I'm not going to say pretty good. It's pretty decent. But it's not for me. What I want to say to people about NXT 2.0 is that are mad. If you were a former NXT fan, you don't like 2.0 because of the changes. Here's what you have to understand. This is not a wrestling show for you anymore. And what you're actually mad about is the thing that you like isn't what it used to be anymore. So, what I want to say to everybody about that is just move on. Just move on, man. There's too much good wrestling out there. If you don't like NXT 2.0, quit hoping that it's going to get better and go back to what it was. Because it's not. It's not. It's going to stay this way or it's going to get worse. One or the other. But it's not going to go back to what you wanted. It's not your show anymore. There's a show on Wednesday nights that's probably for you. There's shows on weekends that are probably for you. There are other wrestling shows out there in the world, and you don't need to just watch these same ones. Look for the wrestling you like, but please understand that you are now in a state where NXT doesn't belong to you anymore. It's gone. It's different. NXT 2.0 is where we're at now, and it's where we're going to stay. Is it unfortunate? Yeah, man. It was a great show. But at the end of the day, things change. Things aren't always going to stay the same. That's all I got this week, guys. I don't know what order this show is going to come in, if I'm going to be first on it, or if my Jay's thoughts are going to be first. But as always, you guys are beautiful. I love you. Have a great rest of your week. I say it every week. It's been real. It's been fun. We will catch you next time. New episodes of Drive-By are available every Saturday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and everywhere podcasts are found. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash drivebypod. And follow us on Twitter at drivebypod. This has been a presentation of the Nearfall Network. Until next time, bye.